Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Welcome everybody, this is Neon Twilight with your host, Solaris Blue Raven. Tonight we're going to be talking about some very interesting material from Manly P. Hall's book, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Tonight, Solaris and me are going to be looking into ceremonial magic and sorcery. So uh, join us, sit down, take your shoes off, put your feet up, and... uh, Go, go on a wonderful, magical ride with us. Welcome, Solaris, to your show. Well, thank you, Barbara. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Ah, always a pleasure to, <laughs> to, to delve into this kind of material with you. It's so much fun. Um, it is a lot of I fun. I have to admit, you know, we've been, we've been going through Manly P. Hall's book, and I have to admit I haven't read a lot of it, but doing these shows and going into different sections has been a fascinating experience for me, and I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, I, I basically haven't covered everything, uh, but each time I start to dive into a subject matter, it seems like it takes me into another orbit, and I find that, um, it, I think that's what it's designed to do, to be honest. Every time I look at the chapters, I start reading even the ceremonial magic, and all of a sudden it spins in another field of energy, so to speak. So I think that's design. I think that's planned. That's just my take, but... Well, considering it was it was written about a hundred years ago, um, it becomes a phenomenal platform to jump off from. And you know, my concept of ceremonial magic 
was different than than what he presents. I mean, did you find there was a shift in in your perception of what ceremonial magic was and what the book presents it as? Uh, fairly much. Uh, some of it seems familiar to me insofar as invoking the way they're invoking and controlling spirits. Uh, but the ceremonial magic to me, where I come from or where I've been, is more about just uh, you know the, the atmospheric condition insofar as how you create that that um, ambiance or you know, energy associated with trying to bring in these particular deities or whatever. But there is, there's a similar thread in the fabric. He just goes into a different, a different area. That's why I look at it anyway. Well, you know, I, I have, um, you know, in my practice, I've not done ceremonial magic. So the thought of, of conjuring or using, um, and, and he, he actually put hypnosis into into his ceremonial magic, which surprised me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, how would you describe ceremonial magic? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's hypnosis or is it meditation. I mean, there's two different things here. So, when you're going to a space of excuse me, a space of where you're just meditating and, and being a space of um, pure energy, pure consciousness, that so you're able to to transcend to a higher level. I would see it as that. Um, for ceremonial magic, for me, I mean, it's about creating the atmosphere condition, um, setting up the environment, putting deity up, whatever your whatever it is your desire is to to create in this particular ceremony, and then uh, bringing it forward. In so far as um, invoking, bringing it forth, uh, evoking, you know, two different things. But but I find that there's a similar thread, like I said, and and to me, um, it's really about bringing forth the energy or an aspect of a god or a goddess or deity. Um, that's where I come from, where we work with, so we work with on that higher level for whatever it is that we're, our desire is or what, what the outcome we would like to see. Um, for them, it seems like they're bringing in things that are more about controlling and manipulating. And I find that you have to be really careful with anything you're trying to bring in or summon, especially if it's something that's not necessarily positive. So, so I think it's kind of like tampering with worlds that, you know, that they're not fully engaged in. Like he talks about the elements and the astral plane. I mean, obviously you have to be very, very careful with that. I wouldn't want to bring in anything lower astral to work with. I have no interest in bringing in things like that. So, and, and when I work with ceremonial magic, it's always about aspects of higher self. I mean, an aspect of the deity, an aspect of the goddess to integrate or be part of you for that moment. But I don't like the hypnosis aspect. So to me, I find that a little sketchy because that puts people in a very dangerous space of being programmed and also bringing in something that can literally take them over as a host permanently. So that's just my own perception. Well, yeah, that's, that's where I was coming from because to me, ceremonial Now, I I call a lot of the stuff that I do magic, um, only because I don't know a better word to apply it to, but but basically it's an energetic working with the energy, my own personal energy and the energy around me. And um, I I never thought about the conjuring part of it. You know, certainly mm-hmm. working with goddess energy, certainly working with with uh, celestial cosmic energy, absolutely, but but not mm-hmm. to manipulate, but more to understand, and mm-hmm. so 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 that so that it, it never occurred to me to try to change another person or an outcome of a situation or anything like that. You know, uh, clarity. Mm-hmm. I would. I I, I certainly would 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 utilize the the energy to get to gain clarity to make a wiser choice or decision but but never to manipulate it and when he talks ceremonial magic he's talking about um 
bringing up um, demonic energy and binding himself to it in order to get the benefit of the power that is there rather than rather than okay here's the difference for me his ceremonial magic mm-hmm. is is drawing up energy from fallen angels i guess and and uh demonic energy to to have them manipulate or do his bidding for me ceremonial magic is blending with the cosmos and getting knowledge and wisdom from it in order to make more informed, you know, decisions. So when you look at the Man- mm-hmm. Manly P. Hall book, he's talking, he's talking, he's talking demons. And and one of the things that, that I have found fascinating is that in, in all of the things that I have ever read or heard about um, working with demons is that, that, you know, they'll do your bidding, but at some point in time, you have to do theirs, which does well, not making a contract. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in that either. Yeah. I mean, as far as making contracts and this and that, I think that's what I call low magic. I don't even know if I'd call it ceremonial magic for this particular person to what they've been doing. But yeah, you don't want to have that entanglement. You certainly don't want the, the the binding. I don't. I don't want to be bound to anybody or anything. And I find that yeah, where I come from, I mean, where I came from with the initial like coven work back in the day. But nowadays, it is about celestial energies, bringing in the higher self. So super conscious, working with a celestial design work and blueprint, but not about um, anchoring into these disembodied entities or spirits and thinking they have some kind of power. But we know that we're multiversal ascended in consciousness to begin with, and we don't need to rely on that. As co-creators, we, uh-huh. we don't need to. I think that it's just, you know. But back then, we have to look at this, dial it back to 100 years ago, plus or minus, and the, and the idea behind what they were doing and maybe what they were trying to establish through ancient information and ancient, uh, you know, ritual that has been probably carried on for some time. I do think there's a lot of power with the um, with any symbol, ancient symbols, as we've talked about before in previous shows, and, and those can be hijacked. So people have to be very careful with that. But I find also, even these days, that the, the, the symbols of today that they use in ritual, have they're really not as potent as they used to be because they've been so hijacked. So that's something to look at as well. But I like your angle of, of how you perceive and how you work uh, ceremonial magic because, in my opinion, I think that's the route to go. I certainly don't need any baggage, and I don't think anybody else does. So, you know, summoning something like that <laughs> doesn't make much sense. And I've well, had it, people it, use that against me in the past, too, so I know, yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's it's interesting because so many people who gain, who in this field, uh, a spiritual metaphysical field, and I, I, that's not the right term for it anymore, but I don't think one has, a term has come out that really ap- applies to it, that, that those who are looking to work with spiritual energy are not looking for power, they're looking for wisdom, at, le- at least mm-hmm. most of them. And, and right. so in the past, it's been power they have looked for and and the 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 best example of that i can ha- I, I can think of offhand of course is solomon when he built his temple it is said that he used demons that he controlled to construct his temple have have you and and his palace have have you are you familiar with that material at all I am familiar with that, and I, I kind of wonder about because when I look at demons, if you look at the demon, the neutral spirit, it's a different kind of description. We don't use it like as an evil entity, but I find that what comes to mind when you speak about this, and I haven't done a whole lot of research on it, but it sounds almost like these were like extraterrestrials, almost like he's tried to manipulate control, not even really um, demonic in a sense, but maybe other beings, other life forms from other space time that he was controlling and manipulating to to fulfill his own um, 
agenda, so to speak. So who knows? But that's just me, you know, speculating on it. But I have heard about that. And, and I do think that it's like, it doesn't make much sense to me. You know, I've always said that pissed off angels are like, um, well, they can be a lot of things. I mean, you know, demons can be pissed off angels, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. I mean, how do you define well, a I, demon, really? How do you define evil? And I think that's what we're looking at. Well, I know that that, um, that opening yourself up to lower energies, and it's hard to tell, you know, what a higher or lower energy is. It, it, a lot of it depends upon where you are in your own spiritual development. And, um, you know, so many people have talked about... Um, if you use the Ouija board, you can open yourself up to lower energies. And I do believe that. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, certainly, certainly, as most people, I've had my, my I played with it at one time, and, and it spooked me out. So I mm-hmm. didn't do it anymore. <laughs> but um, it, um, you know, it is a form of opening yourself up to the influence of energies that are not, as pure as those who are of a more angelic realm. So that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, o- opening yourself up to that influence is, is, again, a power struggle. It's people who are looking for power um, over others as opposed to wisdom to enhance their own power. I agree maybe with that 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's well maybe said. Maybe that's and, and also, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, you know, instead of instead of enhancing your own, getting getting it from somebody else. So that I think that to me is the difference between white and black magic. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes perfect sense. They always have a like personal will, a personal agenda associated with what I call it, call it black magic, whatever you want to call it. But it's more about the lower um, carnal side of nature, I guess, to some degree. You know, what's interesting is the uh, when you look and see, you know, we, we talk about the divine energies we connect with versus you know non so. Uh, non-productive energies, and of course, our soul spirit is that pure energy. That's that angelic formula, even though people don't have the awareness of it. And I think that when we reach that level of of enlightenment through our own cosmic design and spiritual pathway, then we become more of the gnosis and understanding. We don't really rely on all these things to try to, um, you know, give us information. It's it's more about within, as we we touched on that earlier. But uh, yeah, it's really really interesting, and in how a lot of people are, are power hungry. I mean, they want the power. They want the effect of what they think magic can do and and even just practicing on other people i mean there are people out there who do a lot of low low order magic in my opinion that that practice they practice on people they practice on whoever they want just for their own um you know fine tuning so to speak but that's not what i do and i i find that that's you know that's not what we're about as as multidimensional beings this is just not so regardless of the path we walk i'm wondering where did this all start um, because if you if you look at you know two thousand years ago, you know the the magi who came you know who who traveled theoretically to 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 honor the Christ, um, they were magicians, they were astrologers, and you know how do you tell the difference between good magic and bad magic? I mean. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, there's a very fine line there. And, I think, so. and, you I know, think most of it is control. I mean, what is the effect? It's cause and effect. Anyway, you look at it, it's alchemy. So that's from my perspective. And if you're looking at cause and effect, what kind of effect does it have uh, when you're doing your magic? What are you trying to establish? And I find that if people are trying to dabble into other people's worlds or do something that's more about 
controlling, manipulating, harming, or destructive in a very negative fashion. You know, entangling others is not a good pathway to go. It's karmically not a good, it's not a good route. So to me, I find that just doing positive, what I call positive magic, or, or things that are productive uh, versus non-productive would be something that doesn't harm uh, something or someone that you really shouldn't be involved with. Uh, that's, that's, it's, all, it's about your own enlightenment, not about taking other, other people down to some low astral plane. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit, and what I find fascinating is there was a time, historically speaking, and, and, and you'd have to go back more than thousands of years, but, but um, according to Manly P. Hall, um, in his book, the, the, the center of all of this ceremonial magic, which I found fascinating, was Egypt. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that's where it was used primarily at its height. And, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if it, it you know, uh, I don't recall in any of the you know the books that I've read and stuff like that 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 the element of of ceremonial magic has come in. I mean, the only place that you see it, even 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 a little bit, is of course where. Moses and the magicians in the pharaoh's um, palace, you know, had their 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 competition, their magical competition. But but have do you recall historically um, any any mention of magic in in ancient Egypt? Not the linear world. If you look at ancient mystery schools, there's always that that area where that covers more of the Egyptian magic or or things connected to that type of. Uh, Ceremonial magic, so to speak. You know, if you look at the even even some of the artwork we're talking about, if you're talking about ancient Egypt and the pyramids, you know, obviously that's connected to, in my opinion, alchemy and transformation more so than than magic and ceremony. However, I think magic and ceremony was incorporated because of people just feeling the energies and under and not understanding what it was really about. But but once again, they're setting the stage for ceremony to am, am, kind of like amplify or create something that would be more uh, potent for their own agenda. I mean, that's the only thing I can see. It comes down to it. Well, if you go back two, three, four thousand years, um, I could see how energetically uh, certain parts of the population had greater power because they'd had the time to really work on themselves to the point where they were able to utilize their energy. Um, with nature, with with the elementals, with uh, you know there there was a greater connection to to nature and to the cosmos then than there is now mm-hmm. where where technology has I mean you know we've we've there's only you know hints of the kind of power human human beings actually had back four thousand five thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, I think we've discussed how the ancient artifacts have been obfuscated, too, and there's so much with that. I mean, we do have a lot of data and a lot of information. However, very small percentage of people have access to it, which is why we have two worlds existing simultaneously. But that's another story. Uh, but, yeah, no, I see it. And, and there's less interference back then, too. We didn't have interference with the environment in the sense of the satellite systems we have today, the um, cell phones, oh, yeah. Wi-Fi, this, that, and the other. All these things create a disturbance in the field, as you well know. It's not, it's not a blend. It's not a positive blend. As much as we can love technology, I mean, there's a, there's a good ether, which is the ether, and then there's this stuff, the stuff that they use, which I find to be, it's not attenuated, right? So it doesn't have a good energetic. And so I, I find that that can be 
um, definitely disruptive. Yeah, I find there are times when energetically there's almost like you have to go through a curtain to get to the energy field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there, it's like a, a mist, a haze, I don't know what to call it, a curtain, a veil, um, that, is, that is more scientifically in place than, than esoterically in place. Um, I mean, yes, there, there are veils that you can pass through easily energetically, but the planet is surrounded by garbage. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, space junk, yeah. And, and so it, it, there are times when it is not as easy to, to make that connection. I, it's, it's, certainly it's there, but it's, it's, it's not the kind of flow that, that at other times are, are very easy. And um, mm-hmm. I know that, that we're at a time when the veils themselves are thinning. This, is, this, this time around the solstice is a time when, when the energetic field is far more vibrantly alive and the veils are very, very thin so that this is a time when um, there is a better, there is, it's easier to make that connection etherically and spiritually than, than mm-hmm. at other times in the year. And um, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating that um, it's a time when there is greater clarity um, for, for the human spirit than at other times. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, especially you know, it, it's it's a time frame when both now and and for the next I don't know couple weeks, um, and and again at the at the summer solstice uh, again the veils thin tremendously. These are times when when there there are there are more people passing over than ever before. It's it's easier to pass over, I guess is the way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually a good timing. There's a good window of opportunity for transfer, uh, no doubt. I know I've lost some friends this past couple of weeks, and, uh, yeah, it's definitely a good window. I mean, if they're going to go, um, that's not a bad launch window, so to speak. So, yeah. <laughs> they picked a good but, timeline but it, for, for access point, yeah. But it's also a good time for people who are interested in making a connection spiritually, for for them mm-hmm. to really be working you know, diligently on themselves and, and allowing themselves to flow into the energy that's around because it's more accessible. It's there. It's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. feed me, fuel me, make me make me worthy type stuff. And and it's really an exciting time. Um, mm-hmm. I have found this time frame um, this year more enlightening than ever before it's just it's fascinating to the point where i'm only sleeping like three hours a night um mm-hmm. yeah that's what i'm doing but i have a puppy <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's good barbara you probably don't need it you know do it listen to your body you know if you feel like you don't need any more than three hours then go for it that's what i would say well yeah. you know i can close my eyes and rest my body but my eye, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 it, it sounds stupid, but my eyelids are closed, but my eyeballs are wide awake. Mhm. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's a matter you're of fueling on yeah. energy more than anything else. I think that's great. You know, I find that too. I think our bodies are very interesting how they can adapt, uh, even if we, you know, somehow like with schedule changes or whatever. I know my body has adapted too, which I didn't think was going to be able to, even for where I'm at. You know, doing what I'm doing. So it's amazing. Well, it's it's. It's, you know, the, the times are changing. There's so much going on energetically 
and and there's such you know we are going through a time we're beginning to go through a time of incredible change and mm-hmm. so so many people are clinging to an old ritualistic form of life that no longer is applicable right and and it's it's sort of like okay come on you know understand that the good old days are just those the good old days and they're in, and we're in new good old days we just haven't recognized that yet i want i wanted to mm-hmm. go back to though also to sorcery what is you, what what would you perceive as the difference between ceremonial magic and sorcery i think sorcery this is just my own perception of it not necessarily through the book itself but to me, it just stri- strikes me as, as someone who is adept, who's an adept to a level where they don't require anything outside of themselves to um, be able to affect change in the environment. I think there's a true um, alchemist that can control, manipulate all kinds of realms with energetics and, and uh, not only control, they could summon, but the idea behind that is being control, in control of many, many forces, and whether they're elementals or otherwise. So I find that sorcerers are just the masters of their craft. Uh, they're very good at what they do. I could be wrong, but that's the way I perceive them. You know, they're very they're very adept at what they do. And, of course, there's a, yeah. there's a side to them that is literally engulfed in, in, I don't know if it's evil, but it's the unknown world. It's the, it's the areas where nobody dives, you know, the deep, the deep wells beyond the illusion, you know, where no one goes uh, to obtain whatever they need. So they're an interesting breed, in my opinion, but, uh, yeah, that's just my own perception of them. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm still trying to... to define what I would call sorcery because for me you, you know you read in the books and, and of course there's such wonderful garbage books out there to read about sorcerers and and spells and alchemy and all of that and to me that doesn't feel it it, it may have applied to a certain section of it but to me mm-hmm. see see I don't I don't think I think sorcery is an archaic term that is being put on people who have a spiritual focus, and mm-hmm. yep. I don't think it. The term no longer applies to the people it's being applied to. Oh yeah, that that's sense? absolutely true. There's a lot of co-opting going on in all these areas, and that's been going on for a while now. I, I believe he alluded to that as well in this particular chapter. You know, everything gets uh, you know hijacked, so to speak, gets corrupted, and all of a sudden it's not the same formula initially. That goes with every area, in my opinion, especially as magic and you know, a lot of people who practice certain things. Yeah, I think that it's sad because you see a lot of good spiritual people out there seeking. But, yeah, you're right. Some of the books out there I wouldn't look at, and, and a lot of those rituals are pertaining to someone else's uh, rituals, which you don't know how that's going to affect you as a collective, as a psyche of your own, in your own psyche, and, and of course, uh, can be kind of contaminating. So, yeah. Well, for, for me personally, if I can't do something naturally, it's not my time to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I have to enhance myself with a spell or or um, a hallucinogenic or whatever, then then it's really not my time to go to that place. Because mm-hmm. if I was ready, I would naturally go there. And I think in a lot of things that that you know, I've done over the last many decades it's it's kind of like <clears throat> you know I, I things came very easily to me and therefore i just flowed with them 
And there, there are aspects here within a spiritual growth that, that um, I can do now that I couldn't do 20, 30 years ago. And mm-hmm. I think that, that, that the, the evolution of the spirit within and the awareness that you open to, um, there's a responsibility to it. It's, it's, it's kind of like school and, and masters and PhDs, and it, it's, it's a matter of are you going to work to achieve this level because you can't do it if you have a cheat sheet. <laughs> and and that's some, somehow that's where I equate all of these spells and all of these other things, that those are cheat sheets. And, you know, if you can't do it with your own power, then you're not ready to do it. I don't know if I look at it like that at all because I've worked around spell work. Yeah, I know I get it. Uh, but words are spells. I mean, affirmations are spells. You can do prayers are spells. Everything is a spell, in my opinion, because you're using words and formulas. And even if you don't realize that it's a spell, but if you're doing a prayer, that's a spell. That's something you're doing, oh, in my okay. opinion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking on that level. But, but everything, in my opinion, has that, that type of manifestation and ability. So I never looked at it as cheating, although I'm not a big spell. And I'm more consciousness related than spell working. I don't really need to do spells, but I find that, yeah, some people need affirmations just to keep their psyche in check. Okay, so some people, I've had people contact me. I'm sure you probably have two in the day. People need affirmations or maybe something to work with a blueprint. It's not necessarily a spell. It's just positive affirmation. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this projection. You're putting something out into the ether field that's helping you, and that's also stabilizing you and calibrating you to higher levels of consciousness. But that's the way I look at it, a raising consciousness. And you're right. There's other stuff out there that's like weird spell work, which I don't get into in any formula. Yeah, I, I totally, yeah, yeah, I go right along with you. I, when I was thinking of spells, it was kind of like, you know, you put something under somebody's pillow and then you have control over them or, you know, Oh, that like kind that. of stuff. You know, the lower, the lower junkyard astral spell work. I mean, a lot of voodoo people probably get into this. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's almost <laughs> a psychological thing. In my opinion, it's, it's similar to people who need a thrill. So it's, it's, a, it's kind of a euphoric high for people to do magic, in my opinion. Some people do. They do it for kind of like an effect um, so that they do something. But, you know, we've done, I'm sure there are days when people put lavender on their pillows or in their bed to sleep better, amethyst by the bed. I mean, we all do these things, or at least I have. Uh, so things like that, which in, enlighten and enhance the environment or help uh, deflect some things that could be possibly negative isn't necessarily a bad thing. But, yeah, I find that anybody who's meddling in your own life, um, using spell work or trying to do something, that's entanglement. And that is not acceptable in any formula. And I, I don't know why people think it's okay to do that. It's just not. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, mind your own business. Everybody just, you know, keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> so yeah. Your teacher used to say that, right, back in the day? Oh, absolutely. No, it's kind of like yeah. people who want to love spell to make somebody love them. I mean, trust me, if mm-hmm. you, 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 oh. can't, you can't make somebody love you. It just doesn't work. I mean, so, that, so no, that's, I that's a control thing. And, and uh, back, I think that can to blow look. up too, big time. I think, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> that 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 can definitely blow up in your face. Um, I think that that um, you know I have stories, um, but but it, it's we want to hear them. This, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I I actually at one point in 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 this field. Um, I remember reading someone and being very, this was early, 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 early on, and being very blunt with them. And everything I said to them was not, was not tempered with, 
compassion or love. It was, you know, this is what's going to happen. Da 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 da. Now I was a hundred percent right, but I was a hundred percent wrong in how I put it out there. And within six months, everything that I had hit her with hit me hmm. and my life. And it was like, okay, I I got that lesson. I, I When I read someone, I read them in, in a manner in which I would happily receive whatever information is given. You can give difficult information, but you can do it in a kind and compassionate manner so that they have an idea as to how to deal with whatever comes their way and know that they're going to be better off, you know, at the outcome. And mm-hmm. it was that, – that was one of the, the – the, um, you know, I often have to repeat lessons like everybody else, but that is a lesson that I have not had to repeat because it so hit me dead in the face, and and it was totally unexpected, and it it absolutely knocked me on my bottom, and it was like, okay, got it. <laughs> well, that's this interesting because that's repeat. like entanglement. That doesn't make sense yeah. to me in a sense of. I've done readings billion souls and I don't I don't attach on to whatever's gonna to happen to them. That's not my that's not my thing. I'm not here as a facilitator. I'm not here to entangle the energy and have a, a replication of what they perceive. I wonder why that happened. I'm just curious. What is your take on that? Why did that occur? It, well I think it occurred because I was I was being casual about my gift. I see. And okay. I wasn't and I was not tempering it with, with love and compassion. You know, I was being arrogant. And for me, that was inappropriate. It may be appropriate for somebody else, but I know for me it was not appropriate. And mm-hmm. um, so that so that when I told her the things I told her, uh, there were kinder ways to prepare her for what was coming, and there were kinder ways to give her the tools to to deal with whatever it was. And I didn't give them to her. I was very arrogant. I just flat out smacked her in the face with it. And um, mm. and it turned around and smacked me right back. And it was it hurt. And I thought, oh, my God, here I am, you know, being somebody who is trying to help people. And I hurt this lady the way I gave her the information. And, and, and... Mm-hmm. It was the universe saying to me, that's not what the gift is for. Pay attention. Hmm, and interesting. I wow. totally, totally respect what I've got, my gift, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there, there, were, um, there have been a couple of other times in my life when um, I know at one point, uh, you know, like everybody else who gets into this, well, wait, like a lot of people who get into this field and think, I'm a child of light, da 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 and, and not taking it as seriously as I should have. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can remember a time when I was, uh, I was down in, in Newport News, Virginia, and um, I always did a meditation before I did, started doing readings, so people could see what I what I could do and how I could do it, and um, there was a big group scheduled, and um, apparently the store owner had uh, told 
oh, four or five of the psychics in the area, um, you know, they had gone into the store and said, you know, I hear you do readings here. You know, would you like would you like me to do readings? And she she turned them all down. And so when I came into town, you know, I was advertised, and they were they were angry, and apparently they got together, and um, I experienced a psychic attack, and I was made very ill. Um, I came home early. I went to the doctor, and you know, I said to him, I couldn't breathe. I, I you know, it, it was literally. I kept hearing I was going to die, and I kept saying, "I'll take a bad cold, but I'm not dying. I got too much to do." And and I mean, it was it was the weirdest feeling I have ever felt. I you know, drenched in sweat, in a great deal of pain. I came home early, and I went to the doctor, and I said, "I I need I need <laughs> I I I need something so I can breathe because I can't breathe." And he looked at me and he said, have you been in a bar fight? And I said, no, I don't go to bars. <laughs> I, I just, I can't drink. Um, and, and he said, no, seriously, have you been in a bar fight? And I said, no. And he, he took me over to the mirror and he, he said, look at your neck. And there were handprints around my neck, black and blue handprints, as though someone had tried to strangle me. Yeah, and I looked, I looked at him and I said, I just need antihistamines badly. And he said, is this some of your woo-woo stuff? And I said, apparently. And, <laughs> and so um, I, I, I got better and I went back with a greater respect for what I do and, you know, no more of this ditzy little, I'm a child of light, nothing can touch me. Well, you can be touched. And so it is appropriate not only to be respectful, but to protect yourself. And Oh, um, yeah, psychic self-defense, oh, absolutely, yeah. Knock on wood, Definitely. has not happened again. But But it's, you know, for me, sometimes the lessons have to be so graphic and physical that I, I get the point. And and again, also that that strengthens um, you. Yeah, it strengthens you. Oh, it did. It did. I was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, grateful. Not not writing a thank you note for the experience, but grateful for it because it did teach me that that you know if you've got a gift and you don't respect it, then then you open yourself up to attack. And. Uh, mm-hmm. So it changed me greatly, and you know, I, I just, and I don't know about other psychics or, or, or empaths or, or bridge walkers or whatever you want to call somebody who is doing a spiritual journey of any sort, but that the aspect of deep respect and, and being grateful for, for the gifts that you've got, and making sure you utilize them with compassion and love. I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's very, very important. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. so, you know, but those were my lessons, and everybody is individual, and everybody gets their lessons differently. Um, I'm not saying that everybody, you know, is going to be attacked or, or smacked like I was. I'm, I'm sure everyone has a brick wall. It's just very, very different for every every person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that most um, 
I've never had a real psychic attack. I've had technological warfare. That's way different. That's a different animal. But um, when it comes to psychic attacks, no, that's, I eat that stuff for breakfast. I don't say that in a nice, arrogant way. I'm just saying I'm calibrated for other things. And I'm more Aries, too. I'm more battle-related. So to me, it's kind of like, you know, it's a Klingon thing. So, but yeah, uh, there are people out there who are hyper hypersensitive to environment and what they perceive also. Some people perceive things as psychic attacks when it's an environmental condition. They're overly empathic. Uh-huh. They take it in and they, they absorb too much. You probably are familiar with that. And that's something I think they should look at because it's not necessarily an attack to them personally. However, they're feeling it as such because they are tuned in. They're dialed into the whole thing. So it, it makes them feel overwhelmed and almost like panic attacks. And that happens quite a bit, a lot of empaths. I mean, there's a lot of healers out there like that. There are a lot of healers. I had a woman not too long ago. I'm not going to get into it, but you know, people are, are uncomfortable when you push them. You push their envelope and you start communicating with them and you ask them serious questions. They can't handle it. Um, they're fragile in their own psyche. And, and we were talking about the love and light thing. And I think that's something they need to look at because when people start to, to um, kind of weaken and get uncomfortable about diving into areas when you're asking them a question, that's a red flag for me when I'm looking at profiling people and I'm changing the subject. But I had this happen to me a couple of weeks ago. And I was talking to somebody. I was actually interviewing somebody. I had to drop them from my show. So um, people oh, wow. want to brag about what they are, what they're capable of. And then when you give them the hard questions, they can't answer. They feel uncomfortable. I said, okay, we'll I'll let you go then. That's where that ended. So um, I won't give wow. the person's name on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, this is somebody <laughs> who claims to be channeling these extraterrestrials and all this and that. And that's great. I am, I am a firm believer in all this. Um, but there are people that are hijacked and there are people that are delusional. Um, and I'm well aware uh-huh. that there's all kinds of things out there. But but when they start getting really fragile, that's when you can tell that something's not right. Because I know my gnosis. I know my information like the back of my hand. It's not arrogance. It's just education, just like yourself. Uh, we're, we don't have this big arrogance to us. We just have a lot of data. Uh, but I find that a lot yeah. of people out there, you know, they want this. They want that. They want to be out there. They want to be spotlighted. You start communicating to them. You start asking them the questions. They can't handle it. So, once again, you're talking psychic attack, and I find that's just that'll, that's, they're open meat, man. That's like open season, Okay. So that's something they need to look oh, yeah. at, too, with their gnosis, but also hardening themselves on a spiritual level, um, but keeping those deflectors up to some degree. I mean, in a sense of shielding themselves so they're not so fragile. But I'm going into a tangent now, but I'm sorry. But <laughs> I just no. thought it was weird because I've never had that issue before. I've never had to do that. Uh, I think I take that back. I had to drop somebody on, on one of my shows one time who was swearing too much. Uh, but, you know, this is weird. Yeah, that's, that's a no-no for sure. No, yeah. I, I have found that that I get a lot of um, <clears throat> I get a lot of people who want to be on Nightlight, and and you know they they for, first of all often they're book authors and I check the books out and sometimes they're fabulous and they're just the greatest gift ever, but other times it's it's people who want to sell themselves. They want to use the show as an infomercial, and. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing you do. I talk to them, and if I find that that they, you know, they they stumble where something should flow, it's kind of like, you know, well, let me get back to you because I don't know when my next opening is, but you know, I'll be in touch, and and then I'm not. Um, I, I I don't I don't. It's not judging. It, it is judging. Um, it's taking a look at where someone is coming from. Okay, um, it, it's sort of like if I know more than you do, and this happened just, just um, gosh, a couple of months ago. Um, I, I deal with a lot of book agents, and this agent said this woman is wonderful and her book is fabulous, and I got the book and I read it, and 
you know, I figured, okay, there's good material here. And when I started talking to the lady, um, I, I talked to her before the show, and, and I didn't catch it until the show, which was too bad. But she kept saying to me, that's fascinating, I never heard that before, and that's fascinating, and I never heard that before. And I realized, I don't know where she got her material from, but she doesn't know her material. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, asked, I would ask a leaning question, and she wouldn't know what I was talking about. And so I would start to explain it, and she would be fascinated. And she she kept saying, "Oh, I want to study with you." And I thought, "Oh, this is this is just you know one of those shows that I don't want to post." <laughs> well, it's funny. That happens so, though. And there so, are people that, in my opinion, data they data mine the internet for their book. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, that's not what Nightlight is for. I mean, I I blatantly talk about your books because I think they're fabulous and everybody should buy them. I'm honored you do that. Ascension. I'm very honored. That's where I'm humble. Oh, Thank you very much. Oh, no, listen, I, 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 there are um, a couple of people that I just think their, their work is phenomenal. Um, Rabbi Dasik has written a book on love that, that everybody should read. He's just, I actually gave his book out for Christmas presents. So, um, oh, nice. you know, there are, there. Uh, oh, he he was just, I, I think I sent you the material on him, and if I didn't, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is spectacular, and his book is a fabulous book on love. And it's not from a, a, a Jewish standpoint, it's from a, it's from a cosmic standpoint, and it's a great book. Um, I like that. Well, they it, say love is the answer. I, I do believe that. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So so it's so it's kind of it's it's interesting when it comes to the gift that all of us have the 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 talent, the gift, the the magic that all of us are born with, and it's how we how we develop it and use it. You know, everybody's got the same seed. It, it's how do you cultivate it? How do you grow it? How do you use it? to enhance your life and make your life a better life. Right. Yep. Exactly. And, and you know, uh, one of the other things they talked about in, in this particular section of Manly P. Hall's book, um, I'm so grateful to you because I am, I am going through this book in a way that I never would have gone through it, and I'm picking up stuff that I never would have seen had it not been that, that we were looking for a way to structure this program for you. And, you know, I'm so well, grateful. Likewise. Because Thank you. No, I said, but symbolism comes up here a lot, which I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And uh, the one most spoke of is the pentagram. And um, mm-hmm. to me, he, Paul, puts a more of a negative um spin on it than I would put on it. You know, to me mm-hmm. a pentagram symbolizes um you know, paganism, uh, which I think is fabulous. So Oh even witchcraft, know, he, which has been bastardized. Even even the art of the craft has been bastardized too. But yeah, pentacles and pentagrams, I mean I wear them. Uh, not all the time. Uh, but but there are earth, air, fire, water, ether, spirit, right? That's what they're symbolic of. Absolutely. And of course, in the and whether it, whether yeah. the pointy end is up or the pointy end is down, 
to me it doesn't matter. It just symbolizes a person. Um, actually, uh, at, at the local grocery store here, this one this one male um, checker. Um, now I, I moved from Connecticut to Nashville for for those who don't know me, and so I, I went from an area where spiritual stuff is kind of accepted without question to the uh, belt buckle of the Bible belt here. And so this this man who was the checker that I, I, I went to, usually went through because his line was always shortest, was wearing a, pet, a pentagram. And I finally asked him, you know, um, if there was a, uh, a store or a church around that, that dealt with spirituality. And he looked at me strangely and he said, why would you ask me that? And I said, because you're wearing a pentagram. <laughs> And and he he said, well, I'm just live, let live, and you know, be a part of nature. And I said, I understand. And all I'm asking is, is there a place around here where people who are spiritually oriented can find literature, find material, or gather together? And he said, no, but it seems that you really know what you're talking about. If you ever put a group together, let me know. <laughs> Well, it's funny because he's probably a witch or a pagan, but, but, you know, normally if you ask a question like that, it's kind of like saying, uh, where's your coven gathering? <laughs> That's how I would take it. But I think it's funny. I, I, so maybe, I guess, well, not that you would join or start a coven, but I'm just saying, hey, he'd probably be there. So Probably. I think, you know, there's so much positive in all of this stuff. And, and you know, oh, yes. back to the symbolism. Yeah. Look at look at what the uh is it the uh, not it's not the Amish it's the um who is it that puts the side on their barns is that is that the Amish oh the pentacle the, the, well I think so. yeah. isn't that the hex breaker or something is that what you're talking about yeah I mean well, symbols protection if you're talking about pentacles or pentagrams those are protection for anything they're very very positive I mean even the churches used to utilize those. So um, I don't see them as any negative. But, you know, when you talk about the inverted side, too, if, uh, those who don't know, um, spirit ascending is, is like when it's pointed up, right? So when it's inverted, it's also spirit descending into matter, which is also second degree. It's an initiation thing, too. So depending on the level uh-huh. of what they're at in the craft, that is also an indicator of whether they're connected to clergy, this, that, and the other. But the second degree uh, usually or inverted is usually inverted. So uh, just to have that for people who don't know, they're like, oh, they're demonic, they're this and that. People don't get it. Nobody's going to tell you what's going on in a, in a, a coven or a, a group of people who are very tight um, together as a collective, that, that's none of, it's not like they're doing bad things. It's just that they don't advertise. And I find that um, people just don't know. And that's okay. They don't have to know. But, you know, don't, don't think it's something evil when you really don't have the access. So, yeah. Thank oh, yeah. I mean, people should look into, um, into the craft because, I mean, oh, yeah. it's all nature-oriented. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful stuff and and um i have a, a a very close friend who's a single practitioner and um her life is is beautiful because of what she's done with nature because how she honors nature because how she utilizes nature and and mm-hmm. you know it's it, it is magical but but when you're working with nature you're also working with the elementals and uh, the elementals are terrific um mm-hmm if if you're working with them, I mean they can be annoying as hell if they decide to play with you. But they're they're not mm-hmm. they're not evil and they're not nasty. They're just 
sometimes, you know, they, they, I, I think the element of being a trickster is here. So I, I always mm-hmm. try to be by water if it's possible because I love water elementals to pieces. I just mm-hmm. think they're great. And, yeah, and, I do too. Um, I am, I am just, uh, I, I, I mean, how would you describe the elementals? I guess is the best way to put well, that. Um, depending on which one. Um, you know, if you're talking about nature, um, like even, what do you call them, little people, any type of elemental, I mean, it's, it's an energetic, uh, I call them little beings to some degree, but depending uh-huh. on the field or the frequency or, or where they are, so elements of whether it's fire, air, earth, or just regular um, nature spirits. I mean, they're they're attuned to a different spectrum. They're attuned to a different field, but they can also uh, connect in and interface with us on a more spiritual level. So there's this. It's like a, you can walk between worlds when you're when you're attuned to their field. And so I saw I see oh, them as just energy and constructs, and uh, but life forms and little life forms that can literally assist you and help you with your gardening or help you uh, maybe even find something lost in the house. I mean, there's so many things that can happen with them. So everything's alive. Everything's intelligent. Even the tree spirits and you know, I, I just look at it as uh, if you tune into them, if you're in, in a conscious, um, on a conscious level, you're connecting into them, you can access a lot of information and receive a lot of beautiful energies back. And I get a lot of, like, um, it feels very light and loving along the realm of this, this field of energy. I dial into that. Oh, yeah. When, really when, um, when I lived in Connecticut, I, 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 well, before I moved to Connecticut, I had a huge garden in Westchester, and... I wanted to have another garden, so I found a place where I could I could establish a garden that didn't have a garden in it. And I um, the house that I bought was built on a gravel pit, so I had great drainage but no soil. But I kept walking the property and saying, you know, I, I'm going to need help here because there's no soil here. <laughs> and so I laid out beds and I built dirt. And I planted stuff, and as I'm planting this stuff, I'm saying to the plant, I'm so sorry, but I know the little people are going to help. I had, within a year, I had the biggest garden that looked like it had been established for 20 years. It was phenomenal. And I would go out at night, and I would talk to them. You know, I would say, you know, you're ignoring this plant. Let's take care of it. And, And so... I you know I've always worked with little people, with the elementals, with you know I I talk to them. They're around all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm never alone, and and you know mm-hmm. it, you know I'm glad my son is not hearing this because he'd have me committed in a heartbeat. But <laughs> um, but it's true. There there is energy all around, and so when I moved to Tennessee, I don't have a space for gardens, so I. I had a pot garden, and I had pots, and I planted, you know, flowers in all the pots. I, I, I went wacko, and I would go out every night, and I would talk to the little people, and I would talk to the plants, and I would, and it, it was amazing. I had, it was, ma- people say, it said, it, it was magical how there were always blooms, there were always flowers here, and, and, you know, it's not that I did anything, you know, I wasn't using miracle grow or anything like that but mm-hmm. but when you talk to the plants and when you talk to the little people you know you get amazing results and mm-hmm. um it's again the word magical comes up here but it's it's 
I think it's respect for an energy that sometimes you can't see. And, mm-hmm. and you know, right. you kind of, you kind of, because you, and it's like Tinkerbell. If you believe, it happens. If you don't believe, right. you know, they leave you alone. Um, it's interesting because it's the art so, of manifestation to some degree once again, and that is a, that is kind of magical in its own. So yeah, believing is achieving. It is. It is. It and and you know I think that that so many people are so technically and and grounded to the physical that they don't have room to believe in in the etheric which is there, always has been, always will be, and it's what they were before they took physical form. So mm-hmm. so that, you know, right. it, it's it's something there that you can reach out and touch at any time you want. But back to symbols, because symbols, you know, they, they, they tell us okay, a lot. Back. <laughs> Go ahead. Back yes, to symbols. Yeah. Back to symbols. Um, because the pentagram is only one of them. And there, there are so many symbols that we see every day that, you know, go back um, through time. Um, the, uh, the Nazi cross um, was, a, was an, an ancient symbol, even with the Native Americans before Hitler even, you know, existed. So, mm-hmm. so right. a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of the symbols that we have looked at through time... And there's one that, that, that I have been fascinated with for a long time. It's at, um, let's see, it's at, it's at the, the uh, passage grave in Italy. It's, it's that spiral, you know, the, like the conch shell spiral. And it's mm-hmm. in the stonework in, in that passage grave in, in I think it's Ireland um, or Scotland. It's one of the two. But but throughout time and in a lot of the um, rock work and, and things like that, that that you know people have carved in stone throughout time, that that spiral is there, and and they they give different interpretations as to what it's for. Have you have you seen that symbol? Are you talking about the um, the tombs or no? Yeah, the I'm talking about the, the the, the passage tombs. There's a passage tomb in Ireland okay. Grange. Is this the Grange? And, and it's a okay. symbol. It's 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 carved in stone. It's carved in stone all, all over the northwest here. Um, in rock art, it's carved mm-hmm. all over the place. Like and, a spiral, right? I'm pretty sure it's a spiral. No? Yeah. Okay, I've probably yes. seen it. It sounds like it's a coordinate or a marker, but uh, what is your interpolation of that or interpretation of it? Well, for me. It it was it was the past saying you have to go within to find the source. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It, it was kind of it, it to me that's that's what it said for me, um, and mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of I've seen it all over the place, um, and I and I you know it's it's yeah thank you Mark it's Newgrange in in Ireland uh, in okay. that passage too. And um, so basically, what I what I but I've seen it all over. I've seen it in in, in caves. I've seen it. It's it's it, it's not just that somebody got bored and they they made a spiral in stone. 
there has to be a meaning behind it or or a purpose behind it. It has to be symbolizing something. And I've hey, well, seen it's, it in... It strikes um, me as a labyrinth to some degree, too. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I've seen it in crop circles. Um, mm-hmm. and, right. and, yeah. and And in the um, Fibonacci, whatever, it starts with a spiral and... and uh, the golden whatever it is, um, I can't remember. Um, but ratio. but it's yeah. It, it's yeah yeah it's more it's more than that, and it wouldn't be all over the place if there weren't a special meaning to it. And I haven't figured out what it is. I, it, the only thing that I got that came to me was that they're telling you you have to go within. That, that mm-hmm. in order to find the source, you have to go within. And it's a circuitous journey. It's a spiral. So um, that's just my interpretation. That's very interesting. Yeah, no, that's a good one. And also it seems like it's frequency related to me, even just kind of an observation. You know how you can create the form of spheres or circular patterns like that? Um, but they, it strikes me something like that. And then it reminds me of the pictographs, too, and, and all these other things that are connected to spirals. But the spirals are always associated with, like, star coordinates and uh, other things. They're connected maybe off-planet. So... Very interesting, uh, very pretty, and definitely to me very harmonic. You know that's that's you know that that's that's a good point because um, the solar system could be it isn't linear, so that the solar system itself could be a spiral. Right, and that's yeah. interesting too. So so the the spiral flattened could be pulled out like a slinky. And and it could be symbolizing the journey of humanity towards wherever, and um, it just has so much meaning for me. It's 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 really weird. And you know, I did the deck of cards a long time ago, and they're all hand painted mm-hmm. mandalas, and they're all symbols. And I think, um, and they were they were inspired. There's no getting around that they were inspired. And what I found fascinating is at one point I did I did one painting that I really, really liked and I kept, and it didn't fit into the deck of cards. And it turns out that what I did was I created, without knowing it, um, the uh, Flower of Life symbol mm-hmm. that uh, Dumbelow Melchizedek created. Oh, and, nice. Very and, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that, and I've had a number of people say that. Well, at the time I, I did the cards, um, at the same time I did the cards. Um, this was in the 80s. Uh, apparently, somebody in an ashram in, um, I think it's Seattle, or or north even of that, in an ashram, um, created similar patterns that they used as portals and mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of a lot of the cards were very were almost identical to the paint, paintings there at the same time um, I that's that's just as the um, crop circles were becoming famous and and since then I have found that a number of the crop circles that have been validated as real crop circles 
are the same patterns. At the same time, um, a friend of mine was going through, well, she was suffering from cancer, and we went to a Native American healing circle. And um, first of all, we had to all wear white. And as we got there, she said, do you have a gift? And I said, for who? (laughs) And she said, you have to give the chief a gift, the healer a gift. And all I had was a deck of cards, so I gave him the deck of cards. And after he got the deck of cards, he and his assistant went into another room, and he came back and he asked if he could speak with me, and I said, certainly. And I went in and he said, where did you get these patterns? And I said, um, I didn't get them any place. They, they were sort of inspired. And he said, these are power, these are power signs that are not meant to be replicated or shared with um, the white man. And I said, well, somebody shared them with me because (laughs) they're there. And he looked at them again and he said, I guess if you got them that way, then it's meant to be. And um, he treated the cards with such reverence that, you know, it was like I thought, oh, my gosh, what have I done? But those patterns seem to touch some people in in a very unusual way. Not everybody, but but mm-hmm. some people. So I again, symbols, patterns, um portals maybe. I use mm-hmm. them as portals. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think they're portals but, too. You know, yeah. But but it I find it interesting that that patterns have a vibration that often speak to a higher level of consciousness that that we don't understand, but that we flow with if we have the courage to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I see the stars as portals. I mean, I've, I mean, the star systems and the way I look at constellations to some degree, I mean, everything is um, a configuration we don't even see. Subconsciously, it's there in frequency, but people don't, they don't absorb it properly. And I find that you know, even some of the things that you've created, same thing. I mean, it's an energetic signature that they'll, their psyche will be able to, to kind of absorb. Um, and I love those cards. I've mentioned that to you before. I have, a, I have a deck of your cards, and I love them. They're beautiful. They're very easy to work oh, with. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they are. They're, they're fun. Nice. Well, they're um, beautiful. They're very pretty to, create... to look at. I mean, they're just gorgeous. Well, I wanted to create something that wouldn't scare kids. And um... That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> When when I That's did the, them, there the was the power of destruction in the was, tarot. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. When I did them, the only decks out there were the Rider Waite and the Aquarian mm-hmm. deck. And and mm-hmm. shortly after, I and shortly after I did these, then the Mother Peace deck came out. This I think my deck was, it was the first or second round deck done. And. Um, I, I just I wanted it to be a positive tool for people as opposed I didn't want it to be like standard tarot and it's not but but tarot means card so I guess in in a way they fit into that category but you know some people have called them an oracle deck some everybody has a mm-hmm. name for them I love the fact that they're no longer published and if somebody wants a deck they have to go searching they're out there for sure oh yeah um, but. But uh, as the the uh, the uh, publisher did say he'd he'd print me up 
<laughs> he'd, he'd print me up 3,000 decks if I wanted them, but I'd have to, you know, pay $6 a deck. And I said, I don't have that kind of money or room, so <laughs> no, no. Let's let's just make them something that people have to work for to get. So that's what they are. But But again, it's patterns, and for some reason... You know, I think the patterns are in them, in and of themselves. Um, you know, not just my deck, but but any sort of pattern that repeats itself in nature or anywhere is a message to the consciousness. And where we may not mm-hmm. understand the message, we resonate to it, and it clicks in, and it's it's like it unlocks a part of wisdom inside of the, you that you didn't know you had. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. It seems like they, they create, I don't want to say they're part of the hologram, but they certainly contribute to some degree with patterns. You see patterns, that's a, that's a structure, that's intelligent design. That's a formula. Well, you know, if you go back to the source, um, to, to before we were human, we were etheric and we had no form. And so my thought is a pattern, a, a symbol is a pattern that unlocks something in your consciousness. And and I think most people who, everybody doodles to some degree or another. And I think if you look at your doodles and you see what is a constant repeating pattern, you'll find a pattern that will unlock a portal within you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's, it's really, it's fascinating to watch as, People um, people go through the process of, of, you know, taking notes and doodling. I don't know anybody who does not doodle, who does not constant, you know, if they're not thinking, they're they're repeating a pattern over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it seems um, that way, doesn't it? Yeah, and and if that's the case, it is symbolic to that that consciousness that that pattern represents something and they should pay attention to it. Um, I think that uh, so so much in our life is happens you know, that, that happens is is in in some ways our consciousness, our higher consciousness trying to get give us a message of some sort and 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 finding a consistency in the way you doodle will will give you an indication as to what's going on on an emotional and a spiritual level within you. And, I mean, one of the cool things is, you know, if you have a lot of swirls and rounded things, that, that will tell you that emotionally and spiritually things are flowing for you. But if your doodles have sharp points, there is a, a case of, you know, is something making you change direction Often, are you are you going in one direction and then switching into another direction? And if that's the case, is that the best way for you to evolve? So that your doodles can tell you something about yourself. The patterns that you mm-hmm. do, you know, just in 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 just just for nothing, um, can can certainly tell you something about where you are, where you're going, and how you're getting there. So. It's it's important to sort of pay attention to those things. If you constantly are mm-hmm. drawing boxes, are you are you 
Are you feeling boxed in? Is there something, you know, I, I love looking at people's doodles because they tell you so much about them. Mm-hmm. So that I, yeah, that's I true. Think I, some, I think even on a psychological level, yeah. And even for children, I mean, there's a lot in there as well, contactees and such. Well, ab- absolutely. And I I think um, I had a, I had somebody who was a kindergarten teacher, and I said to her, do me a favor, pass out the crayons, and ask the kids to just scribble and bring the scribbles to me. And and when she did, you know, she thought it was silly, and I said, okay. And, and, and I found that there was one little scribble that only had a little stuff in, the, in, in one little corner, and I said, this is an introverted person. This is somebody who's got to be drawn out because she can't even cover, color, you know, she doesn't touch the whole page. And and then there was another kid who's just scribbled. All, I mean, he went off the sheet, and I said, this is a cool person. You know, they'll go outside of the box. They're creative. They're <laughs> and, and I was able to actually identify two kids that had autism. Wow. By their, by their scribbles. And and mm-hmm. so, you know, what subconsciously we, we do often gives us a message about ourselves, which is, again, the pattern stuff, which I, which I love. And I, I mm-hmm. love your thought of the star system, too, because that... The layout of the stars does create a pattern for us, and you know the um, ancient, some of the ancient tribes, you know, called the the especially the Milky Way the pathway of souls. And I think mm-hmm. that there, there's great truth to that. I think that that the pattern that is in the sky above us, you know, heck, even the Egyptians were representing some of the astrological stuff in in the pyramids and, and, you know, especially Orion's belt and things like that, so that as above, so below. That's right. Yep, cosmic origins. That's what I like. That's our true roots oh, anyway. absolutely. Which is what we're always uh, ascending back into or forward, I should say. I don't like the, the, the idea of going backwards. That doesn't, that doesn't, uh, doesn't resonate. <laughs> <laughs> Everything like build back better, do this. It's like no, you don't want to go backwards. You want to keep going forward. You want to keep ascending. You know, keep ascending, keep climbing. Well, well, yeah, but do you have a foundation to climb on? Well, I do. I'm sure you do. I mean, I don't know how many others do, but there should be. Oh yeah, no. I think our I, benchmark is absolutely. connected within, but yeah. No, I, I I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a matter of you know, reach for the stars, for heavens. Sake, I mean, you know, that's where, and beyond, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's my thing. You know, what's what's beyond, what's beyond that? Where are we going? What is the purpose of all of this? And you know, yes, it's school. Yes, we're learning, but I think we're at a time here where um, we're beginning to understand that there is more purpose to life than life. And mm-hmm. that's that's the spirit. That's, you know, what is the spirit? What is the, you know, every now and then I look in the mirror and it's sort of like, what the hell are you doing? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where where well, are we going? Well, it seems like it's an after image. Is, you know, I mean, my, yeah, I look at it at the same realm. I mean, this this world to me is like, I, I've said it before, but a lot of people don't really have a living. They don't live. They exist. They 
they just function on autopilot most of the time. They're not really living consciously connected to cosmic design. And I find that such a disservice and not, it's not anything wrong pertaining to them per se, but I find that that's just the program of life, the way people have been programmed and socially engineered. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. So when I look at myself here, I'm an after image. I'm an avatar aspect of me off planet to some degree is the way I see myself because I know most of me is off there, off planet. We're, we're in a, I'm in another spectrum, <laughs> but it's strange, you know, and you have to ask, what's the point? You know, repetition, repetition, you have to be here. We don't have to be anywhere. I think that it's, it's like anything else. You're, if, you're, if you're being slept, then you have to move on to the next level. I eventually wake up, and I find that most people are going back to sleep. I mean, you're looking at it today, and they get programmed so easily that how can, if they're getting programmed this easily, how can they possibly evolve in a send-off world um, when, they're, when they're struck into this, this uh, cycle, you know? It's crazy. Well, That's just what presently, I think, but... we're, we're, presently we're in a cycle of fear. And, you know, that whole thing. Well, they are. Oh. Oh, that just oh, keeps yeah. them in a stasis for sure, yeah. But also programmed. I mean, they're, they're not really aware of consciousness outside the perimeter of their own function. And I, I find it very interesting. It's almost like they're just running a program. So I don't know. Um, it's going to take a while, but, you know, diving into books like this, like the Manly P. Hall, and just studying and being intellectual and spiritual, I think will help them get out of it. Oh, absolutely. I, I recently... Um, I have very little use for much of what's on TV these days, but recently I did the Matrix trilogy again. And mm-hmm. be- because in in a way I feel like we're in the Matrix, we're existing in a Matrix, and that there's a part of us spiritually that is in another place in time, like you said, off-world. And mm-hmm. and to to me it's it's sort of like, okay... There's a reason that that consciousness is here. What is it? What is the purpose? What is the lesson? What is the reason? Where am I going? And and you know why am I here to annoy people? I'm fine with that. Um, you know I I you know to, to to ask questions that people don't have answers for. I'm fine with that too. Um, but but maybe that's it. Maybe. Maybe this is a time of transition on the earth plane and people like you and, and, and maybe me are, are here to shake people up so that, so, that, so that they get greater clarity in where they're going, what they're doing, and what their purpose is. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that if they don't get it now, I don't know if they're ever going to get it, to be honest with you. But I will say um, I've been on, in my opinion, I've been in the wrong – I'm not supposed to be here. I said it before. I've, I feel like I should have left about 10 years ago. So me being here still on this, I call it the wrong timeline and wrong space time configuration for myself, <laughs> uh, because I really don't need to be here, technically speaking. Um, so it's very interesting. You know, like I said, I think we're riding it out. I think we're riding the cosmic tides and we're going into a new space time and we're going to be um, just keep ascending in. And being aware of where you're at in cosmic design is very important. Like you were talking about, yeah, this is a holographic world. In my opinion, it's programmable. And even the technology they use with artificial intelligence, their version can certainly induct you and interconnect you, interconnect you into their project, like where I've been. But still, we're breaking orbit with that. But as they pull you away and entangle you into the linear, you're multiversal. I mean, we're multidimensional, so we're always existing outside the perimeter. And I find that most of us want to go home. I don't know about you, but I find that most of us are fed up. They don't want, we don't want to be here anymore. And I'm speaking as more of a light being. Like, I, I, it's just like this right. is getting old. The repetition is becoming ridiculous. The linear world is so, um, I don't want to say they're illiterate, but they're just not together when it comes to cosmic design. You know, I've always said stepping up to the galactic neighborhood is the solution to the equation. 
And part of that is also the love conscious design too. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not a cynic per se. I'm just observing. Right. But um, where I've been, I'm just like, wow, this is, this has been weird. Um, <laughs> it's nice to talk to you, Barbara. You know, it's like we're all, we're all meeting up at the same spiral location here, but yeah. It's, and I, I, we're not alone. I know there are other beings like us who are just kind of observing. It's almost like we're out of body, you know, we're almost completely out of body, but we're still here. It's like tethered here. So it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I do find that that I get impatient with time because it's it's sort of like I realize that my spirit is eternal. I got that. You know, this lifetime is just mm-hmm. another grain of sand on the beach of the eternity, so to speak. But but it's sort of like you, you kind of want to every now every now I just say, can you give me a hint? Give me a you know an indication. And um, the, the universe has a sense of humor, and I think that's that's something important for everybody to understand. There, there is an energy out there that knows laughter and joy. Knows a lot of serious mm-hmm. stuff too, but knows laughter and joy. And have you have I ever told you about when I went on strike? I don't think so. Um, I was I was actually painting the cards, and I I was painting and doing full time school teacher and single parenting all at the same time, and it was a great time because it was inspired energy, and I was so energized by it. I I needed only a couple of hours sleep a night. So, but at one point, um, and I will never forget this. It was like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. It occurred to me that this could be one hell of an ego trip. Who was I to think I could do something like this, the paintings and everything? And who did I think I was to be doing something that I claimed to be inspired, but maybe this was an ego trip? And so I took the dog out for a walk, and and we lived right by the water, and, and down the road were a couple of boatyards, and you could hear the clanking of the rigging in a lot of the um, a lot of the sailboats because it was a very quiet, nice early morning place to be. And so I'm walking with the dog, and I'm and I'm talking out loud, and I'm saying, "Okay, look, I'm going to stop doing these paintings. I'm going to stop doing this work because I don't want to be be creating something that is just an ego trip." I want to know that this is something important that I'm doing. I want to know that, you know, I, I, I don't have to know exactly what the purpose of it is, but I want to know that this is not an ego trip. I need a message. I need a, I need a sign. And, and I said, burning bush would be nice, but I got that. You've done it. Uh, thunder from the heavens, you know, okay, you've done that too. Pillar of light would be not, but no, you've done that. So I just need a sign. I need to know that that what I'm doing is appropriate for me on a spiritual journey because if it's not, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop pretending I am inspired and just get on with life and, and you know, because this is a lot of work. <laughs> But but I said, I don't mind doing it if there's a reason, if there's a purpose, if there's something here that's important for me to do. But 
but I don't want to be on an ego trip and misinform people either. So, you know, and the dog's looking at me like I'm crazy, and I said, you know, just just hang with me here, snoozer. And and so we, we kept walking, and, and I kept saying, I'm serious. I am going to go on strike. I'm stopping painting. I'm putting my paints away until I get a sign that really tells me that this is the right thing for me to be doing because I don't want to mislead people or myself. Now, mm-hmm. at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, even the bugs are sleeping. Everybody's sleeping. And a single seagull threw, flew over my head and shit on me. And, <laughs> and, and, and I, I said, you've got to be kidding me. This is my sign? <laughs> and no other birds, nothing. It was the only bird in existence as far as I could tell. And, and, oh, and the, thing, the thing circled me, and I said, I said out loud, all right, once was enough. I got the message. I'm going back to work. And I did. But that was a sign. You know, birds don't fly at night. And, and you know, the dog looked at me. Well, you know, I, I, and all I could think of was a burning bush would have been better, you know. Yeah, something without bird crap would have been appropriate, right? Oh, yeah, who knows? But, but, it, but it was Careful basically... Careful what you ask for, right? You should try with uh, gold next time or something, you know. Yeah, I asked for... <laughs> You know, I asked for a sign. I got a sign. It just wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. But right. it was a sign. So I, I, you know, and I finished the cards. I didn't do the cards to publish them. I did them to, you know, to quiet a bunch of psychics who I said I could do a deck of cards that would be positive, and they said you can't do it. It's not. And I did it. And that that was the answer to it. I wasn't doing it to publish a deck or anything like that, and, after I got the deck mocked up and I showed it to the psychics, I said, okay, make it say something negative. And they couldn't. Um, you know, that was the end of it. I just folded folded mm-hmm. them up. And a, a short time later, one of my friends who owned a restaurant asked me if I still had the deck that I'd mocked up. And I said, sure. And she said, you know, come on down. I want a friend here to see it. And I took it down, and it turned out to be one of the um, – people who was a, uh, an administrator for U.S. Games, and Stuart Kaplan bought the, you know, bought them and published mm-hmm, them. That's awesome. But I, did, yeah, I, good. I didn't seek a publisher. The publisher found me. Oh, that's right. That's when you put it out to the universe, things happen, don't they? They sync up. Yeah, <laughs> they do. And it was that's like, true synchronicity. That, yeah, that's true synchronicity in my opinion. Well, and they've taken me on a ride that is now 40 years long. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't market them. I don't sell them. I, you know, it's it's uh, they're out there and they have a life of their own. And I mm-hmm. and I told Cap, I told him at the time that you know I said they're ahead of their time, so they may not do well initially. And uh, he has all the original paintings because he insists on on that. So my paintings do hang with. Um, some pretty hefty authors, uh, authors, artists. Nice. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I've never considered myself an artist, but uh, apparently my paintings have sold, so I guess I could say I was an artist, but, you know, it's oh, nice. <laughs> kind of weird. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't. There's no doubt. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't paint anymore. I once the once the cards were done, I stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, because because I think that was the purpose of painting the cards of I of doing mm-hmm. personal mandalas, and the personal mandalas evolved into the deck of cards. And once the deck of cards was published and out there, I stopped painting the uh, the uh, personal ones. You know, kind of like mm-hmm. my job here is done. So yeah, it makes sense. So is it. But but again, they were symbols, and I found that that you know, with drawing them and and stuff like that, that there was always it was like going to school. It was like this is what this one means, and this is what I feel, and this it it, it all it all worked. So that I, I think the important thing for people to hear is that if you if you follow the flow that opens in front of you, um. It takes you to magical places, and and the, the the important thing is to not let your your ego do the steering because when your mm-hmm. ego steers, then then you hit a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, and kind of have to get the personality out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, with you, with your journey, with what you've done, I mean, I know for you know for a fact that you know you you've done some heavy duty work and you've been a part of of some heavy-duty stuff, but the personal part of it that, that has opened you to the magic that, that, that you experience has been very profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely been life-changing. And what I found is that it keeps propelling me into, like I say, an off-world stasis. In other words, my, my consciousness is so off-planet that I can come back here, I can dial in, we can have these conversations, but it just seems like I'm just getting more and more nebulous. You know, I'm just going out further and further. <laughs> kind of like a little <laughs> spaceship that's flying around the galaxy. So, yeah, it's been very profound. And and step-by-step evolution and, and also being able to decode and, and doing a ceremony and then, and then realizing the power within and the power that we have, like the art of manifestation and creative visualization and all these things that bring forward of who we are as multidimensional beings and then how spirit helps us along the way in all forms and designs. You're talking about the elementals, but all kinds of beings, intelligent design is there, that synchronicity and like-minded spirits, like beings like us. I mean, we all sync up, we all connect, and we all meet each other at some point in time. I mean, did I ever foresee connecting with you like this? No, not really. I mean, I interviewed you a long time ago, and I don't know. It's just, isn't it strange how things happen, right? There's this synchronicity, energy, spirit, star seed, consciousness, that sort of thing that goes on. I found it to be a beautiful experience, but I'll tell you, um, I, I, I still part of me kind of feels sad for the people that I've lost over many years. You know, it's hard to let go of those who have died or transferred out. And we know that they're immortal, but that to me has been very difficult, looking at timelines and letting people go. Um, but other than that, I, I find that this has been an interesting journey. Very scientific for me, too, and I, it was more about consciousness early on. So it's been interesting. Well, I think that, that, that your journey at first was, was um, not of your choosing in, in, in some ways, and yet you took that experience and you you prepared yourself as far as i mean your your black belt karate or or it's second degree taekwondo yeah that's um that was my life prior to the 2004 thing yeah but i still i mean still trained athlete still obviously trained and uh yeah i used to do competitive kickboxing and all that kind of stuff and taught so yeah that was a great foundation for me and i i carry that with me i mean once I'm, you, you never leave that you never walk away from martial arts so yeah i still do it uh, but yeah that was part of my life who I am and then of course the spiritual path working that I was doing 
and then getting involved in the technology later on in my life, uh, which changed everything, put me in a different spectrum completely. And then from that, I broke orbit and went to another spectrum. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's been an interesting ride. But I lost so many people along the way. That's my point. And for me, you know, I'm an Aries, very fiery, very fierce. But I'll tell you, I have a lot of Pisces, too. And I'm very compassionate and very loving. And it, it's very hard for me to walk away and let go of things in a sense of just well, the loss is very hard for me, even though I can build it up in a different Aries, like, um, you know, design work. It's, I've, been, I've been looking at that a lot lately and just saying I'll never see those people again. I'll never see than the way they used to be anymore, and that is hard for me. I don't know about you, but, um, yeah, it's been really rough, and I don't know why I've been reflecting on it. I think it's because there's been so many people transiting out lately that I realize how it's just like even though we're immortal, and, yes, you might see them again, and chances are we will, but, but you can't get those moments back. You cannot get moments back, and that's what's really wrong in my head for the past, I don't know, for a while. I don't know if I answered your question or just went to another universe, but that's really what's going on, so. Well, yeah, no, you make a very good point. I, I mean, um, we do incarnate theoretically in soul families, and so um, each each circle of, of evolution puts us in different places and perspectives so that there are people that we we will meet that we feel like we've known before but we haven't and stuff like that but but yes i i mean there there are are people that are in my life now that i just you know i i know that there's there's some sort of closure there's something that has to happen before one of us transitions and then then it, it there's going to be a repeat to to bring closure to something i it it's and 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 once this lifetime is done, it's done. I mean, <laughs> while while energetically, spiritually speaking, we probably will. I mean, certainly, I've met people this lifetime where I I I know I've known them in another life. I just know that we've been closer or whatever, and that that there is a a bond there of some sort. I have no idea what it is in for most in, in most cases, but I know it's there. Um, I, my best friend and I, um, gee, I, I don't think we've spent over the last 40 years, I don't think we've spent more than two weeks together, maybe three weeks, but she is my best friend. I talk to her once or twice a day. If, if we lived closer, we'd get in terrible trouble together because there is that synchronicity there that is profound. And I don't know what it is, but, but, um, you know, to the point where, you know, for Christmas we give each other almost the same gifts. It's just wow. bizarre. This year we gave each other um, music boxes, and there was wow. one other gift we exchanged. I mean, we we there is that synchronicity there, so that I know exactly what you mean because um, when when somebody passes over, that personality to a degree, is is like a winter coat that no longer fits. So that spirit is going to move on to a different personality. It, there, will be, there will be certain things that hang on, you know, certainly, because there's always, re- you know, recognition of people that we, we come in contact with that we've been with before. But, but it almost feels like, yes, I know exactly what you mean, because there are people that have passed over that, gosh, if I had just another 10 minutes, I'd be able, you know, I, I'd, 
there were things that I wanted to say that mm-hmm. you, you, you can't say. You, you can say to the ether, you can send the message, you know, you can do all sorts of things that, that try to get the message to them, and they get the message, but at that point, they're not in physical body anymore, and so their spiritual consciousness is greater, and they're moving on to something else. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, and I don't blame them, because that's where I'm at. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. definitely. But letting go yeah, of people is a very hard thing to do, especially... I think it's extremely been, hard, yeah. Oh, gosh, especially if there's a spiritual connection. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and yeah. The reason I say know, that is because oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, I, I, I've had people that I love that have passed away. That I'm okay. It's finished. It's done. But there, there are other people that, that oh my gosh, I there was so much more to share that I didn't share. And mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's kind of like. You, it, it tells you get it all out there because you never know it could be the last time. Yep, you can't reconfigure everything afterwards. And I think the reason this no. comes up a lot is because even even some of the stuff I've been through in like in 2004, which I really don't want to go back into, but that whole episode which extracted me out of my house with the technology took out my whole life and it took out my relationship with my husband at the time, which was like a death. And I never got to say goodbye to him. I never got to hug him. I mean, I was that traumatized and interconnected with the tech that. That's just an example of how we never got to say goodbye officially the proper way because of the induction. Mm-hmm. And I look at that as a death, too. And, and then when you look at things like that, you're right. Say, say what you need to say and hold, not hold on or cling, but, but respect the moments because those moments get stolen or sometimes they go uh, when you least expect it. I mean, I never saw that coming in as psychic as I am. Never saw things like this happening. And, and then the parallels of losing family members here and there. And, of course, I think I've said enough so far as connecting with them, but I'll never see them again. I know that. I just get this vibe that everybody's like gone and that they've transferred out and I'm happy that they're traversing wherever they are. But it's a strange feeling because I feel like I should have been gone too. So I guess, um, yeah, you're right. People take for granted relationships, people, loved ones, family, um, and they shouldn't. They just shouldn't. So that's just my two cents. You know, I'm 77 now. So that that it's like, you know, if I wake up in the morning – Huh? <laughs> it's a Actually, going on 20, yeah, but 77, you know, that's a good number. That's a good 7-7 seven, seven number is a great number, though. Well, it's only good for the next three months. So, um, okay. But, but you know, my birthday is 3344. Three, four, four, so, um, you know, nice. it's it's kind of like, yeah, it, it, it's cool. I, I said it to somebody once, and they said, do you mind if I play that on the lottery? And I said, go ahead, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but, that's a great, great number. Yeah. As as far as as relationships, you know, friendships, relationships, whatever, um, it 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 almost is it almost is you know, uh, at some point in time you get to the point, and that's where I am now, that that you never know if tomorrow's coming. The only guarantee you have is right now. So, mm-hmm. you know. Put it out there, say whatever you have to say, and let it go. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like there there are things that I would like to say to some people that I, that I don't say because I don't want to manipulate or influence, but at the same time, do I want to always, you know, if, if, if those people pass away, do I ever want to regret not saying something? 
Mm-hmm. And, and it's all. And I might say, I, 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 I have to put a caveat on that. If, if you're in this position, if it's a kind, loving thought that you want to say, say it. If it's, if it's something that's nasty, you know, swallow it and take it to your next life. But, you know, but, but if there is something kind and loving that you want to say to someone that you're holding back, it's important to say it. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I agree. Um, you realize how temporary everything is sometimes. It's all in flux. It's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, and that's once again the experience is... of why was it, what's it all worth? What, why are we even here? And you can look at it on that level too. Why did this all go, why are we even, you know, having these interactions with, with anybody? <laughs> it's just crazy. If you get into well, the complexity let's... of why we're even here, it gets really bizarre. But stop and think a second. We are essentially a spirit who has taken on a, mm-hmm. a physical avatar for an experience. Now, we did did not get the owner's manual as far as what could or couldn't be done with this avatar. So, so we don't really know what the purpose of this lifetime truly, really is for our own evolution. And that's why we're here. We're here for our own evolution. So the fact that you know, we're still here means there's something that we need to yet gather in order to make it to the next level of being once again spirit and then looking around for where next do we want to manifest our physicality if we want to manifest a physicality. So, mm-hmm. so my, and, and frankly, as far as my life goes, I'm having too good a time here. I, I really plan on... Mm-hmm. I would like to break a hundred just to thumb my nose at the IRA. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you will. I think you can do it. How about one eleven? Well, oh, that's even better. <laughs> that's good. good. My sister sent me a video of a woman who's a hundred and six and still dancing. And, and well, you, you know, know with the I technology, think we can do that. Yeah. If you have a joy in your life, you're going to be you're going to be here. I mean, and. And, mm-hmm. you know, love and joy and, and it's, you know, the intellectual stuff, the the, the wisdom and, and all of the research that both you and I have done are, are good and valuable, but, but they're only good and valuable in that they take us to another level of consciousness where we can maybe understand this whole process a little bit better. Um, I frankly think that, that, that you especially are here because you're one of those that are helping us to transition into another level of root race or whatever, and that what you put out there is very valuable to humanity in, in many forms and shapes. So that obviously well, you're you. not done because you're, you're still publishing books. You've got, what, two, three more coming well, up? I've, I did. I, I was mentioning to you off, off air that I do have one that's connected to time travel and some other ones, yeah, but I, I have to finish those up. But, yeah, but my thing is I understand the mechanics of the cosmos to such a level. I, I want everybody else to step up to the galactic neighborhood, yes, but I find that it's hard to step back down. Once you start going up the spiral stair, um, it's hard because you're going into another field of energy, another perception of consciousness. So, yeah, I'm putting it into books and things, but I want to stay there. I want to keep ascending, and I don't want to keep stepping down the steps to, you know what I mean? So I want to keep going. <laughs> so, so me, I'm keep, I keep becoming more and more nebulous. So I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, I don't even know if I'm enjoying myself here. I, I do know I love animals and I have a, a love for um, life, you know. So who knows where I'll be in space time. I'm very open to navigating the cosmos. 
I'd like to be an astronaut. I'd like to I'd like to traverse off planet personally. I think I do better. Well, I think you are. But, but yeah, but you know what I mean. But physically go. Yeah. Well, you know, but I but spiritually you do go. I do. I yeah. mean, and that's the problem is I'm having a hard time living here because my state of consciousness goes out there a lot. You know where I go. Uh-huh. So. The animals keep me. Yeah, I, I. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, I think that, you know, I, when I get done with the mundane stuff like laundry and food and all of the other stuff, and, and I get to a place where I can just shut my eyes and be in another time space, um, that to me, you know, I, I, I look back at, at the process and it's like, what was the point? What is it I'm supposed to learn? What is it I'm supposed to understand? Where are we going? You know, the whole thing. It's it's very important to me to um, take, you know, answer those questions because they it bothers me. So, mm-hmm. um, but but at the same time, if I had the answers, there would be no point to being here. <laughs> well, you can remote view that if you ever get a little more curious. You know, just you have the answers. I'm sure you have the answers. I'm sure of that. You anchor a lot of light, too, while you're here. I can guarantee you that much. Well, the cool thing is, if you knew the purpose of a lifetime, there would be no purpose to the lifetime. I wouldn't have entered on this timeline. If I knew it was going to go down like this, I would never have entered on this. I would not have shown up. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, but isn't there a part of you on a spiritual level that understands that... Listen, on a spiritual level, I understand I needed whatever lessons I've whatever lessons have come my way so far, and and you know I don't agree with them. Um, every now and then, it's like you've got to be kidding. I'm repeating this again. I don't think I need this, but but clearly I do. Um, so so it's a matter of you know I th- there was there I I studied in the spiritualist church for about seven years, and there was a woman there who was a medium, and she decided at at some point in time, I forget, I I remember her, she gave everything she had away. She gave her car away, her house away, everything. She gave everything she had of value away, and she got a room at the the local Y, and she laid down on the bed, and she said, okay, I'm ready. And nothing happened. And she said, Mm. I've learned it all. I know it all. I'm ready to go. Take me. I'm yours. And nothing happened and so six months later she's mad at the universe because the universe didn't take her and 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 so she started to ask for her things back nobody gave her anything back and she she was so angry at god the universe the spirit world whatever she w- she would go to the church services and she'd say to everybody, "Don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about." <laughs> she was so cool. You know, people would come to the service just to listen to her complain. <laughs> I studied. I did this. I did that. I laid down. I said, "I'm ready. Take me. I'm yours." And nobody came. But but Isn't that she interesting? She I mean, it's we can't steer. We can't control it. 
we have to go along for the ride because there's a purpose to it, and I don't know what the purpose is. Only that 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 there are lessons here that we that we go through that we you know are annoyed by, and yet they have to be a refining or a polishing of of the spirit within, or we wouldn't be exposed to them. I mean, mm-hmm. you're 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 definitely. Um, straining at the bits, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. I I can understand your 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 fed upness. At you know, come on, <laughs> it's time. You know. <laughs> well, the thing is, Take I like I don't yours. like living in stagnant energy. You know, and I find that the atmospheric condition, not for myself, but for the world, it's just so it's so stagnant. It's like a, it's like being you know in a time machine and you're just watching this inertia nonstop and then the progress and the, and then the deception connected to advanced technologies where we could have, you know, we've talked about how we could have had zero point energy many, many moons ago and frequency healing and no medical centers and all the things that we're supposed to have now, which we should have had, I don't know, over a hundred years ago. So that's my point. It's sure. like, what's up? You know, this is, and, and there's a lot of this it boils down to once again, manly people talking about this type of misuse of technology, but misuse of magic, alchemy, the, the sorcery, the mind control, everything that's been going on that's been stagnant, that's been holding us in a stasis for centuries and civilizations. And that's where I'm like, maybe that's part of it is us breaking that spell and, and shaking that energy well, up just by looking at it again. Who knows? Don't you think that people like you are essential in order to, for that change to take place? Well, possibly. I mean, you know, I am what I am. I'm sure you feel the same way with you, but... You know, I didn't. I didn't enter on this world to do anything spectacular. At least I didn't think so. But I, I'm sure I've contributed some things here and there. So uh, I think we're well, all I, players, though. I, I find that beings like us have been here. You know what I mean? By Lantean timelines and this and that. I find that we're we're very ancient in, in spirit design. So maybe that's part of it. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll go along with you on that. And I think that we have to have a sense of humor. We've obviously volunteered to come mm-hmm. back in for a purpose. And and. It has to be also, I mean, yeah, to have to have this kind of insight into what's going on, but at the same time it has to have purpose for our own development or, or there's no point to it. And I don't think a spirit does anything unless there's a point to it. But do I know what that. it is? Yeah. No. Um, but I do know that it's, it's, it's very personal to me and very personal to you, whatever the lesson is that we're learning to pick up. And at the same time, being present at a time when there's such confusion, there's such fear, there's such chaos going on that 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 having light energy people present on the earth plane helps to stabilize the progression of whatever it is that's going on. And I do think we are transitioning into a new time frame, a new level, a new everything. Mm-hmm. So that so that somebody like you is so important because you provide a stability and a confidence and an assurance that there is power and magic and it can be used for a positive positive outcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're important. Oh, you. I think t- if you weren't here, that, that, um, that the anchor that you provide would destabilize a lot of things that are going on. I think there are lots of anchors, and I consider myself an anchor mm-hmm. as well, um, that, that without yeah. the anchors, um, the the evolutionary process that is that is beginning to take place would not be able to flow. I mean, mm-hmm. would I like would I like to be in another reality in another dimension? Sure, but 
I will guarantee you, placed there, you would probably have the same kind of purpose, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and oh yeah, yeah, be grumbling, be grumbling over again, and and it's it's sort of like I think it's great, but I think the fact that you are so chomping at the bit that that means that movement is about to take place. Mm-hmm. I agree with that you too. Know, you know, yeah. I, I would mm-hmm. I would say that you sense a shift that hasn't yet happened, but you know is coming, and you just can't wait. Yeah, I think the black the light out of that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it comes to mind also. You remember oh, it's a wonderful me. life too, right? Not that I'm like that, but the idea behind you know, uh, what would your life be like without if you weren't there? If you were never born, what would happen? What would people be like? You know, I always look at that too. What's really funny, we're talking about synchronicity, not to change the subject, but I know we're going to wrap up in a minute here. But but for some reason, everybody has gifted me with bells this year. And I found that very interesting, like there's a synchronicity with the bells. So I know they dispel evil spirits and they're summoning, you know, they can use for a prayer and this and that. But I just thought that was interesting that that showed up for the that holiday. Is, that yeah. is, you know, so, and, and ringing the bells. um Mm. Ringing of the bells signifies, you know, um, passage of time. It signifies um, new beginnings. It, signal, it signifies major events. Um, mm-hmm. So that, so that, you know, getting a lot of bells would, to me, signify that that you know your life is changing and that there are new beginnings and there are momentous occasions ahead for you. Well, I would say you're right on that. Definitely something there with a the synchronicity. So, yeah, very, very interesting, no doubt. Very it's cool. A, I mean, it's been wonderful do you wear bells? You, tonight, you know, well, I don't really. I used to have an ankle bracelet with bells when I worked corporate, and people hated it because they could hear me coming down the hallway. That's when I was more gypsy. <laughs> you know, I dressed like a gypsy when I was young. This was back in the day. But, yeah, I don't really wear them. But now that everybody's giving me bells, I have some on my door now, but... I'm teaching the puppy how to use it now to get out the door. So. Oh yeah, that's a cool thing. Um, I would yeah. I would find your ankle bells and wear them again. Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't even know where they are anymore. I have to make them. But yeah, why that? Did you spell would... the negative? <laughs> no, I I think I think with every step you take, if the bells ring, you know you're moving forward. Well, that makes sense. That's a good sign. So it it would be an auditory re, auditory reminder that 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 progress is being made, even though you don't see it, you'll hear it, like and that, it'll Barbara. warn people that you're coming too. <laughs> uh oh, that could be dangerous, like a kitty, or or maybe it's meal time, right? <laughs> yeah, the little but, cats but, with the bells yeah, having, the, having the dog ring the bell the bells on the door. It's a good thing, and and you know sometimes they actually get the message. Mhm. So. Oh, yeah. Well, he's doing well. I, I, mean, I had he's, a, he's house broken, so yeah. But he knows now. He's starting to like. I'm teaching him how to hit, hit the bell, you know. So yeah. Uh huh. Oh, that's he's cool. learning. I mm-hmm. I had a German Shepherd. I tried to do that with. She ate them. Oh wow! Well, yeah, they, she didn't eat. She didn't German eat Shepherd. the bells, but she did chew the leather up. So it it became mm-hmm. pointless after a while. That's funny. But um but but no but I would to actually it's interesting, the bells are used for training. I would I would definitely make yourself another ankle bell bracelet 
um, anklet to remind yourself of the fact that you're moving forward in spite of everything around you. Well, I'll do that, Barbara. Since you suggested it, I think that's a great suggestion. I wish I could find my old one. It was really pretty. It was really handmade. It was, well, I didn't make it. Someone else did, but it was really nice. Beautiful. It's like a, a dancer's bracelet, but it was really, really nice. But, yeah, I used to wear them often. Interesting. I think, I think it's, a good, it's a good reminder. And, you know, mm-hmm. jingle your way through the new year. <laughs> no, I, I think the <laughs> Yes, um, I would definitely do that. I think that's important for you. Um, so, you know, we, we've had a couple of people that have had their hands up to ask questions, and, and I'm so sorry we haven't gotten to them. We don't normally take questions, um, but I will uh, be contacting you to see if I can answer whatever questions are out there. And, and I have their phone numbers if, if you want them to, Solaris, so that um, okay. I just uh, I, 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 I neglect to actually pull people on the air because, We've had some bad experiences, but those people with their hands up, I have your number, and I will give you a call and uh, see if I can answer whatever question or comment or whatever you've got out there. Um, We are down to, um, believe it or not, we've talked our way through another two hours. Awesome. Um, It's been a great show. Yeah, I had fun. Thank you, Barbara. (laughs) I do, too. I always have a great time with you. Well, you you want to let people know where they can find you? Well, they can find me on my – if they want to find me on Night Shadow Anomaly Detectives, that's the best way to go. They need to email me, or they can find my radio show on Hyperspace at K-Core on Friday nights. Of course, I'm not there right now because of vacation through the holidays, so no live shows right now. Very cool. Very good. Well, I'm yeah. honored that you did tonight's show. This is... Oh, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Wouldn't miss this one. This one's fun. I enjoy this. Well, not that my other ones aren't fun. Just, we have a good time. I enjoy it. We do, and I think it's my turn to pick, pick the next Manly People it is. Um, chapter yes. that, that we will ignore and talk about other things from. I know, I was going to say, we spent, well, we might have spent maybe a half hour on this one. I don't know. We kind of went back and forth a little bit, so. Yeah, but it led us in good directions, and that's, it, it I'll did. pick the next jumping off spot. <laughs> okay, sounds good, and of course and, that'll be the I, next year. Yes, yes. I do want to also suggest to people to, to uh, Google Solaris Blue Raven on Amazon. She has four books out. Um, I highly recommend her children's book, which I think is fabulous, but also her book on transmu- trans- Ascension Through Transmutation. Is that it? Transmutation Through right? Ascension. You yeah. did it a little bit. That, that, yeah, Transmutation Through That book is fabulous. You will learn so much about yourself and I highly recommend it. I teach from it, and I, I just I can't tell you enough how great a book it is. And it's not a long book, so you can get through it and then go back and underline. It's a fabulous, fabulous book. Her other books are really, really good, too. It's just that that one is fabulous. Also the children's book. Um, so you want to you wanna take us out? You want to sign us off? And we will be back Thanks next year, last Sunday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, everybody, for listening been a great show it has been and um you know keep tuned to nightlight because we're out there this will be up on the youtube channel if you want to go back and listen again good night everybody